0: presented by liquid sound records here are your hosts ryan katz and ian allerian
1: yo what's
2: good dude what's going on man how you doing
1: what is what's up up?
2: so uh, i know we've been gone for a minute or two or uh, two weeks um but life happens as thomas rett says life changes you know from our from our countdown uh, country countdown my daughter was born on august 20th so um obviously i had some things to take care of um and she's actually spectating on on this podcast so that's pretty cool she's our she's our, one of our first uh, audience members so just like to welcome to the world kennedy cats but uh yeah so we're uh we're here now we're ready to go get back to it um and we're ready to do something that i would consider in life a necessary evil you know um pop music it's it's not my favorite choice it's not my first choice but when making this list when we had this idea i wanted to be as comprehensive as possible i do enjoy pop music more than country i'll say that i don't i don't think you would say that though nah i don't know yeah i don't know uh but, uh, yeah, it should be interesting. We'll have some pretty conventional things, some pretty unconventional things, both taking kind of little sneaks at our list, but we don't know the full comprehension of it. Um, so yeah, anything you want to say about pop music before we begin? Any any disclaimers?
3: Uh well, I got some indie pop, some rap pop. so he's making a normal genres, pop.: No, that's not. that's actually a oh, real I understand. Thing. I mean, it's a subgenre, but right.
2: So yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll probably get in a few debates uh, as we go along here, but uh, let's, hell, uh, yeah, let's get it rolling. Yeah, you good? Ready to go? I think so. All right, man. So you tell me your number ten.
3: My number ten is the mother we share by churches. Oh, 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 oh. Come in this room. <laughs> uh, so basically what I like about this was I was in the market for some synths, and I basically found Moog synthesizers, mm-hmm. and one of their promo videos was with this band. I never previously heard of them, and I watched a promo video, and all their instruments basically come from Moog synths, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I think even the drums do. Okay. I don't know really how that works. Um well, I do, but it's complicated so, to explain so it safe here, to but. say
2: that, that this song was picked mostly because of the instrumentals. Well,
3: yeah, and I just thought the promo video for the Moog stuff was pretty neat. And, uh, yeah, no, I like the girl's voice and stuff, and I love Moog Analog Sense, which is just all made of Analog sure. Sense, which is something you don't see often anymore.
2: No, definitely not. Um, and for those that don't know, it's essentially like a piano on steroids. I guess that's the best well, way to put it
3: analog is the what would be considered i would say like a more realistic synth because most synths are made with um like electronic emulations right. of analog synths exactly
2: this is literally the sound being made authentically rather than yeah through like through through, right. through
3: sine waves or you know square waves or anything like that um there's actually it turns the electricity into waves and then runs it through a certain set of conduits and wires that ends up getting that sound where other synths just
2: emulate that. Right, okay. Well, what I liked about it, honestly, was the one thing you didn't say, which is the lyrics, there seems pretty interesting about, like I don't know if she's talking about her brother or her sister, but she's saying the mother we share doesn't like it doesn't matter that we're siblings you fucked up yeah that's what i'm gathering from it
3: yeah uh i don't really know much about that okay um but it is interesting i'll have
2: to look into that because that's yeah. seems like a pretty deep topic if you're, i n-
3: i never really thought never really <laughs> honestly pay that much time to do it i like that's it for the right. instrumentals
1: yeah
2: no there's nothing wrong with that at all and her voice her voice is she sport. does have a pretty 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 voice I, it might have said pretty pretty Whatever um, Pretty sweet pretty voice Pretty sweet voice Yeah we'll go with that So My number 10 Is Zed And Alessia Alessia Cara The song is called Stay
0: take It's time The clock So stay All you have to do Is stay
2: stream song that that hits pretty hard i mean i know it's a little bit future bassy but it's got that it's got that classic you know hit right before the drop and they use the uh, pitch modulator for the voice and all of that, that stuff. crane snare yeah jack Ukraine crane snare yeah exactly um but i don't know i really like it i like the structure how it's like doo do 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 i know it's very basic that's what pop is but instead of just taking a, a simple template they kind of spliced it up and they layered the vocals really well on it and Zed is someone who obviously started out just being kind of a, a electro producer and then he turned into just a producer for pop music mostly but he's extremely talented I don't know if you know about much about his background but his parents uh... like got him into classical like symphonic music he's German I believe and from like a really Really young age, they like—I don't want to say forced it on him, but like he was like a piano savant. You know, the kid was just uh, there's there's video somewhere of him like playing ridiculous ballads on piano that a six year old should not be able to play. So he 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 does a lot of good theory with his music, even the pop stuff, and you can tell. And if you look at his credits, a lot of these pop producers, like like an actual pop producer, not like a behind the studio producer, but whatever they they. We'll get a lot of ghost writing done for them, but he doesn't. So that's pretty respectable for me. I don't know anything about the vocalist. I think she's got a nice voice, I guess. There's a decent amount of Melodyne and Autotune on it, but uh, for what it is, it's a good final product. That's what I like. Well, it.
3: using Melodyne and Autotune on something like this is kind of a must. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't, definitely don't think the track would have been suited for normal. You know, raw vocals. Sure. with without that. Cheap. Yeah, I
2: think and and this might be one of the only genres, if not the only genre, where using those type of enhancements is not only not taboo but like welcomed. Like,
3: yeah, you know, uh, really not for me. But
2: the song or that principle? I just
3: I've never really liked anything Zed. Uh, the principal. Mm. I feel the same about the principal. Right. Um, I am an advocate for melodyne and autotune, mm-hmm. I personally use it um, whenever I have vocals on all my tracks. But I just, with pop, I don't know, especially mainstream pop, it just makes, my problem with pop, and I know this is ironic because I like <laughs> electronic music so much, but it almost sounds way too processed and synthetic I think if that makes you, no sense. I
2: agree because I think with when it comes to electronic music it's so complex that, that it's okay 'cause you're there's a lot more going on, but with pop it's Well know. with with electronic music they leave a lot of the
3: grittiness and the not processed form of just literally patching synths in with the raw sounds. Right. And this is just so over processed you know, over the top process because they're sitting in these Massive million dollar studios. They know their records are going to go on the oh, radio. Absolutely. So they have to be a certain sound. But the problem is that certain sound has become so synthetic and whitewashed. That's my problem.
2: And and the people people that listen to it and enjoy it don't care. That's the other thing. Like otherwise, oh, they don't care because no. they're tone deaf. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> I answer. Don't, I don't. I, don't, I mean, no 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 no. Hold on, because I think there are some uh, basic. People out there that listen to pop music more so than any other, but that doesn't right. mean they don't know how to sing or they don't know how to. Well, I agree, but I think it's more about a lack of understanding what goes into certain things. It's just kind of like force fed. So, like, oh, this song's on Kiss FM. I like it because right. it's on. You know, because it's the I only guess thing I that's just accessible.
3: Never aligned myself that way. So maybe, oh, no, maybe neither. I'm the one that's tone deaf. Oh, no, I, don't know, I don't think but, so
2: i think just just and this is the only song on my whole list where the producer shines more than the vocalist because generally pop right. music is extremely vocal driven and it no one really cares about the, the the background as much as what he or she is doing um but well and i have a lot of respect for that i just want to
3: let that be known mm-hmm. um like what you said i i already actually already knew that um but yeah he is he is a very phenomenal producer and i'm pretty positive he Probably records all these people and everything sure. on his tracks and um and he's
2: making more money than he, all of us he, so. right and he's very
3: <laughs> talented It's just unfortunately i think his first couple records were very were pretty decent listenable but then the more that he gravitated towards pop it's become like what I said earlier synthetic I whitewashed i agree and, and he might not like, have dude, he
2: might not have all say in that because when you well, put a, yeah. a blank check, it's a, it's, by a re- somebody, it's a record label, sure,
3: and he, you start
2: to see the dollar signs. Mm-hmm. It's
3: not. I mean, I understand because, mm-hmm.
2: and and it's honestly so hard to say, especially us as you know EDM guys that produce. If a record label came to us, like Monster Cat, for example, or somebody even big, Universal, because well, I, Monster I, Cat's a great example. They are so, but if they if they said, "Hey, we're gonna give you a hundred thousand dollar bonus." We're going to give you eighty twenty. We're going to you know really push the hell out of your music, but we want you to conform a little bit to a certain style to so their to their label sound. We can sit here and be like, "We're not doing that. I want to stick to my principles." You right? Because
3: I'm pretty sure Zed is like Atlantic Records or something. Yeah, something something huge. huge like that. Yeah,
2: and we can sit here and say that we would do that, but when the time comes and that money becomes a real thing and you need to support your family and you need to, and you want to live the dream and do all these things you know you
3: got to make certain sacrifices you do. and so, that's when you start side projects
2: yes exactly and it and it's, it's funny you say it because we were talked about dot com and marshmallow and it kind of went opposite for him <laughs> so um well he
3: started doing stuff dot com again recently
2: okay right right but it's but, weird cuz he started a side project that was poppy rather than the other way around Right. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's no, that's a good point. So, um so that was number 10 for both of us. What do you got for number 9?
3: Uh my number 9 is going to be Depeche Mode Policy of Truth.
1: It's just
3: Um, so what I really like about this track is the, I love Roland synths when that's the opposite of what I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Roland synths are not analog, but But they're close. They're Jupiter eights. Well, they, they, the eighties specifically went after a certain sound Yeah, and it was very, now this is what I'm talking about. Today's modern pop, right? Very synthetic, whitewashed. All sounds the same. Mm-hmm. It's the same sound palette. The eighties, their poppy stuff like this would probably be more pop ish for the time, and um, it just sounds more raw. Sure, the the synths sound more raw. the The vocals, and
2: I just think that's a product of the environment too. I don't think they had the capabilities to do what what right. You know,
3: and and that's exactly what it is because back then they had to record everything. Mm-hmm. Analog, right? You know, and it, with ten seventy threes and all that, <laughs> yeah. And and there wasn't, you couldn't do as much as you can do no. today. And that's the that's part of the whole ladder of the thing. Now you got more. You got all the stuff in your computer, the plugins, the VSTs that you put in, and it's very easy for it to become. And you a hear, certain sound.
2: yeah. And you hear pop artists and even indie artists try to create that '80s new wave sound today, but they they they, they can't, can't, can't emulate it fully because yeah. the gear back
3: then. I mean. These guys had like three Jupiter eights. Their whole band was since. Right. And um, now if you were to buy a Jupiter eight, if it worked, you're looking at fourteen to sixteen thousand dollars. So think about one. that,
2: guys. If you're a producer out there and you're like, and I've got this awesome rig, and I don't, I think I'm thinking about hanging up producing, or I need money, blah blah blah, and you're gonna sell your equipment. Think about all those people who sold those Jupiters back Hold then that would, w- that would want them now. Yeah. Because
3: another thing is, too, you, you got to think when they were recording, they didn't have computers to record into. So they had, and these guys were pretty big. So they were recording in professional studios. They were plugging in, you know, back then it wasn't as expensive these compressors, these analog compressors and um, input channels and stuff that have basically, it can't be replicated properly so now all that old stuff is now worth thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and back then they had access to all that right but anyway the song i loved Pesh mode um they're very very energetic and out there Mm. very dark sounding oh yeah Um, i don't even know if you know, people that have been alive that time. I don't know if they'd consider this pop technically. I
2: think it's. I think it's a a, a good mixture of like pop and new wave. Like that's what I would. Right. Think, you know. So
3: yeah, and and now I would consider it almost dark pop or
2: something yeah, like that. Right. I mean, it's not dark like the Cure or anything, but it's dark is in well, kind of. I don't know. Well, like I love the Cure ominous. too. <laughs> oh yeah, but I would never. Yeah, I would never say
3: the they, Cure they is pop. W- you know and what they, you mean? yeah, and they were around the same era. This guy's because I think they use more synths and stuff and more processed drums sure. that it sounds. Totally.
2: Yep. But okay. anyway, you're number my nine. Turn, my number nine, which Ian uh is going to laugh at, which he already has laughed at, but my number nine is Fireflies by Owl City. I'd like
1: to make myself believe.
0: It's hard to say that I'd rather stay awake when I'm asleep, cause everything is never as it seems. i leave my door open just to crack, please take me away from here, cause I feel like such an insomniac.
2: So this song came out when I was in college. I, I really like the song because it's like chill, like... Most pop is just so fast and in your face, and this is just chill down tempo pop music um they harmonize the auto tune really well uh I like the little arpeggios in there that at the beginning especially do do you know it's kind of like an eight bit sounding thing for 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 pop that's pretty unique um I don't know. I I like the song. I I think it's 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 mainstream as hell. But I, for whatever reason, because I remember when I would I would drive around and it would come on the radio and I would sing to it and I'd be like, you know, this isn't this isn't so bad. I can admit that Al City is something that I can appreciate. They're number nine, so it's not like I love them. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I have a feeling you don't like this track at all.
3: Oh, Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Al City. Yeah, yeah, not I not really know. much to
2: say other than yeah, and they I even am- did a song with Carly Rae. Je- you remember Carly Rae Jepsen? Oh Call Me God. Maybe or whatever. They did a song with her after this one because this was like their first big it's hit. Cringy man. I don't know for whatever reason they're not they're not terrible for me. I don't mind. See them. that
3: just must be our our ears or something must be just a little bit different because yeah yeah I don't know I, Al City just. Yeah, I liked the song a little bit when it first came out, but sure. then maybe it was just the too much.
2: Radio killed it. Yeah, killed and that it. happens with a lot of these, honestly. And that, yeah, I think that's
3: part of my problem with this genre. And
2: hell, you played Depeche Mode last one. Who knows? Maybe in the eighties, that was overplayed, and like people were like, "Not really, no." Because the people who
3: liked it then still like it, and there's probably a reason for that.
2: Um, but who's to say that I, twenty years from now? People won't be, oh, dude, do I Al think City. stuff like you know?
3: Michael Jackson and, you know, whatever the hell else was out at that time was really <laughs> overplayed. Sure. Um, Depeche Mode was more like a, I want to say almost like a dark, darker club thing where mm-hmm. it could, it's 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 big, but it's not, you almost don't play it on the radio because it's just got sure. that darker sound. And well, when the some people playing on the radio, it's got that really, Major key, you know, yeah, 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 absolutely, you
2: know. well, you won't hear Al city in the club, so <laughs> you know, well,
3: you're used to you really,
2: you can't yeah. even dance that's too slow, so
3: I the mean, college clubs, do? man, yeah. they still play it every once in a while, the bar, I the people definitely, who don't, the
2: yeah. people who listen to this stuff, so yes, because like I said, I always do it in college, the sorority houses I'd go to or fraternity parties or whatever, they always had it playing because it's a it's a crowd pleaser, I
3: still hear it every once in a while.
2: Yeah, well, that's good for them because we've talked about this a couple times. If you can make a song that has longevity like that where it came out, I think this was 2011 maybe, and it's 2019 and it's still getting even minimal radio play. Right. Most of most pop artists will come out with a song, and unless it's a timeless tune, it's you're going to make your bucks from it, but those bucks are going to be gone as soon as they came. Um, right so good for them i'm sure they're getting a little check in the mail i'm sure it's not a lot of money but it's something
3: hey something's better than nothing That's man That's right
2: So all right number 8 for you
3: Uh number 8 is going to be Jack You, to U by and featuring Luna George the left is Yes it's
0: true Yes it's true you coming back.
3: So, uh, for those who don't know, Jack U is Skrillex and Diplo, and they are both phenomenal producers. Of course. And I feel like I don't need to say that because everybody that's listening to this, either of us have Skrillex
2: or Diplo song on our EDM countdown. Yeah. Well, if you (laughs) live
3: under a rock, you got to know who these two are. Yeah. I mean, they're huge. Um, and what I really like about when they came together as Jack U they basically made a palette of this just insane percussion sounds and their snares and their, their percussion fills and the random stuff they do on this particular album. Um, is just unlike really anything else I've heard. And actually there was a bunch of sample packs that came out shortly afterwards and nothing but Jack you snares. Yeah. yeah. I remember that actually. And, and I, personally still use them on my tracks sure. I think I think um on my whole album I put out and um the um dollars stuff in my soundcloud all have jack u snares um and if they aren't the forefront snare, I use them as accent snares right because they've just got such a different unique sound and they can be used they're very clean very clean um but just really weird like they got little snaps and pops crazy tales and you can use them in all type applications but i really come coming from a drumming background that's why i really like this song and why um i really like jack you
2: no i like this too and i'll again touch on the one thing you haven't which is the vocals yeah i i am a sucker for smoky voice you know what i mean by that yeah yeah and this this girl definitely has it and that's not right yeah, this And you'll see for my next pick, yeah, smoky voice is just it's it's almost um uh how do I put this out sound like a creeper? <laughs> it's too late. Um I don't know, it's kind of like arousing a little bit just to to hear like a voice that's like it's not super powerful but it is in its own way. You know what I mean? Like it's really hard yeah, to Yeah, like
3: kind like, of a weird unique Yeah. type elusive type of way. It's sure. it's it is that that frequencies, that those that those type of vocalists hit, are just like perfect to the ear.
1: Mm.
3: But um, and they really enhance on that if you're a good producer and then whoever's you know, recording the vocals, if sure. you know that this this whoever's doing the vocals is capable of that, and you use that to your advantage, and you're mixing the song down, it makes that song that much better, and. You know, utilizing that sound palette. Yeah,
2: it all makes sense together. And to be clear, you can't just go into a studio and say, hey, I want a smoky voice. Like, that's a natural thing. Yeah, it's a
3: natural thing, but it definitely, they definitely pronounced it with this song. Sure,
2: absolutely. So, speaking of smoky voices, my number eight pick is Hate Me by Ellie Goulding and Juice World.
1: Wish you never dated
0: me Lies, tell me lies, baby Tell me how you hate me Hate me, hate me Still tryna replace me Chase me, chase me Tell me how you hate me Erase me, raise me Wish you never dated me Lies, tell me like baby tell me how you hate me hate me hate me tell me how you hate me tell me how I'm trash and you can easily replace me tell me that I'm strong out wasted on a daily probably cuz there's no one around me numbing all my pain probably cuz there's no umbrella
2: to Some of you are listening to the song and probably thinking oh shit did he screw up and play Ian's tune cuz this is like totally up Ian's alley but I really like the tune it's very that that chill hip hop I don't even chill trap. However, you would describe something like this, but and I didn't know who Juice World was at all until I discovered. He's the the forefront
3: of SoundCloud rappers. So you just picked a SoundCloud. I I just want to let that be known.
2: Yeah, it's in recording. The record show for sure. Yeah, I I like it. I like him a lot. Um, He kind of reminds me of a Post Malone ish type. Um, Yeah, you know, just that Um, that same. It's it's very melodic, less
3: country sounding than Post Malone. Sure, okay, but
2: definitely kind of kind of relevant right right okay and ellie Goulding is just literally like if we were doing a list of favorite vocalists like it didn't matter in the genre top 10 bo- vocalist of any genre she would easily be in that for me because she's just you want to talk about authentic there's nobody that sounds right. like her i i haven't found anybody so if people are close like that girl in the last song was close right but when you hear ellie Goulding sing you're like you know exactly who it is like there's no question and she has so many hits i was I was really contemplating what song to pick from her because I just I knew I wanted her on the countdown. I had no idea what song to pick, and I went on her Spotify page. Like, I didn't realize how many hits she has. She's got oh like yeah, she's dozens, huge. dozens, and she's really good live too. Which she's is really, really nice.
3: big overseas because she's from the UK. Okay, that makes some sense. Which is probably where she gets the majority of her plays from. Mm-hmm. So
2: well, I know about her. So yeah, well, <laughs> she's big here, but yeah. she's
3: definitely ba- bigger over there. Sure
2: so yeah that was the reason why I picked that I just really needed some Ellie in my life so alright uh what are we on number 7
3: yeah number 7 number 7 for me is gonna be um Oliver Tree All That
0: okay. now let me take another I'm falling and I can't stand up my dad used to tell me man up me and my brother put the gloves on but now function no way i collapsed in the middle of the street just a black away
3: so um i actually found oliver tree through his meme page and mm. um youtube page he's known for having a bowl cut wearing <laughs> that the jacket and the pants that are the, the the old like 90s paper solo cup design, you know, with the crazy sure. waves. Yeah. Um and riding scooters. So this guy is just a Oh, he's it's a, he's a character. Yeah. Well, that's how I found him. Okay. I didn't even know he fucking made music up until I do not even know like it was a suggestion like his music video or something came up in my Facebook feed. But actually most of the stuff he makes is pop. This is his mo- more hip hop type track that um, I think I resonate with the most. Um, but just, he's just got a really weird, unique, different sound, and he's just a very interesting person. Uh, Yeah. Ryan's about to give me some shit. No, down. so
2: as the track, as it stands... If I'm listening to this track by itself and I'm critiquing it by itself without knowing it's in a certain countdown, I like it a lot. It's it's hard hitting. It's got some real. It's got a really nice beat to it. Um, he's got a, a pretty decent flow. He's articulate. I think this would have gone great in the hip hop uh, countdown. I personally, it doesn't. It doesn't strike me as pop. There's not enough melody for it to be pop. You know what I mean? Uh, like,
3: I don't know. So
2: like the closest I could put rap. And pop together would be like um, the song that Eminem and Skylar Gray did. I don't remember what that's called. See,
3: now the fact that you make an Eminem pop. No, but but it's kind of sad, though.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, that's a whole different discussion. I mean, I I agree with you. Um, Like we said before, Eminem from 2001 would kick Eminem from 2019's ass. Um, But I. What is that song? I'm Coming Home. That you know I'm talking about? Yeah. That's. Like a poppy rap song. This just seems like a rap song. I don't know. He, he's I gonna guess, just buy it. Cause maybe he,
3: it's just because I've heard the other all over Tree sure. tracks and like. Well, then I would have suggested that you
2: pick the other. Uh, I know you really like this one, but maybe not for this count. My top ten, man. It's what I like. I, I,
3: yeah, I, I can't. You
2: know, he can do what he I, wants. To me, this is not hip
3: hop because when I think hip hop rap, I'm thinking like Future, Migos. You know and what's the difference? I the mean difference as far as this song in particular the the layers of the vocals and and the instrumental itself is brighter.
2: Well, let us know if uh, if you're seeing this uh, on Apple music or Spotify or whatever but if you're seeing this on Facebook or one of our socials comment. let us know if you think Oliver Tree is hip-hop or is it pop and we maybe <laughs> we'll settle it with you guys so um, I guess it's my turn here. Uh, my number seven. Is my boo Megan Trainer, me too. I can't
0: help loving myself and I don't need nobody else. Nuh uh if I was you, I'd wanna be me too, I'd wanna be me too, I'd wanna be me too. If I was you, I'd wanna be me too, I'd wanna be me, too, I'd wanna be me too. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh like a i go straight to vip
2: i never for my drinks my so okay first of all i like them thick man i'm just going to say it and she's she's hot as hell in my opinion i'm a sucker for blondes and i'm a sucker for curves so add them together you get megan trainer um <laughs> but uh the only thing she's
3: trained for is shitty music.
2: Hey, bruh, come this, on. that was awful. Man. Oh, I enjoy it. So here's the thing.
3: Yeah. Er, er, er 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 noise. What er, the er, 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 er.
2: Yeah. Well. <laughs> what was that? So the first time I now it wasn't the first time I heard her, but the first time I heard that song I it was the it's the intro song for a show that my wife used to watch. It was the Louisville Cardinals College dance team. Okay. And so you would see all these hot-ass college chicks in the dance team, like, dancing to this song. And so you put two together, and you're like, fuck, all right, this is, like, this is a sweet song. It's a sexy song, you know? Oh, my God. So it kind of, like, was just associated with that. And then I listened to it more and more, and I'm like, I kind of like the little bass line in there. I don't know. That's just how I... I and I, like I just said to you off mic, um, I played a really sick trap remix of this in Pittsburgh, and people ate it up, so... Um, I don't know. Megan Trainer is definitely not for everyone. She's always been controversial from all different kinds of standpoints. And when I used to watch it's an awful show on Fox, but I used to watch it called The Four, and it was kind of like American Idol but with more of a contest. Yeah, I remember that. And she was a judge on it. And I it's weird cuz she would try to act so like gangster, I guess, which I'm like, are you forcing that in your personality and whatever, but she knows her shit. She definitely knows her shit. Um, because I've heard all a lot of her feedback to some of these musicians and stuff. Um, but I've always been a Megan Trainer fan. I like almost everything she makes. That's just, you could call it a guilty pleasure if you want. I'm not putting it in my guilty yeah, pleasure Yeah, I would definitely put that in guilty pleasure. I'm pleasures. not putting it in my guilty pleasure countdown because I don't feel bad about liking Megan Trainor. <laughs> and like you I should. said with this, I, no, 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 no. I don't because I'm not the only one, okay, and I'm not the only guy that likes her either straight guy that likes her either <laughs> um but you know i I see nothing wrong with it and and when we get to our last countdown we'll be guilty pleasures and those will be songs that we are legitimately embarrassed like oh my god yeah, I don't I'm know like if this.
3: I'm embarrassed no, by I
2: know mind. you say that but you gotta it's it's not always about if you're embarrassed but it's about if like your friends are embarrassed for you almost like you're embarrassed for me that I like megan trainer right now yeah exactly little. so yeah. that's how you have to look at it you know <laughs> what i mean i'm not embarrassed at all i love megan trainer but uh should so i put yeah. disturbed on there if Ooh, you ah, if you ah, want to ah, well, ah. do you like that song that's the thing no so then why would it be on there? you have to like the song for it to be on a <laughs> countdown i'm just gonna Is put that gonna song be on that's... yours no because i don't see that as guilty pleasure disturbed back then we're getting into a tangent so with nickelback back... oh i hate nickelback I don't like. Should I put Nickelback on my guilty pleasure? I like Nickelback, then put. Feel free to put a Nickelback song. Put a Smash Mouth song. Put put whatever you like. You know, for me, I I don't like Nickelback. I know Creed will be on there. We're getting too much into the guilty pleasure (laughs) list. Um, That'll be a couple weeks away. But, anyways, that was my pick for number seven. Was Megan Trainor. So number six, Ian, what do you got for Uh, me?
3: Number six for me is gonna be Come Together by the Beatles.
0: He got All he wanted He got Muddy water He want Mojo filter He said One and one And one Is three Got to be good looking Cause he's so hard to see Come together Right now Over me
3: So um, Ryan and I were talking about this earlier. I don't really know if this is pop because pop was, you know, created around the Michael Jackson era. But right. um it is very like everybody knows it. It's at pop time, in the sense that it's popular at, at that right. right, at that time everybody knew who the Beatles was. So I think just because the genre was cre- was created in you know, Michael Jackson era doesn't mean it could have went further before that, maybe. Um, But that's up to your, you know, the the listener's discretion. But this song, for me, I didn't know where else to put it. I like the song, and this is where it's at. Um, I really like the fifth Beatle, Bill Putnam, who created Universal Audio. And what I like about the Beatles um, is not even really so much their music... How, but how they went about creating their music and at the time was just so revolutionary and out there. um, Like, just stuff that no one ever no, thought of.
2: Because you had Elvis Presley, and he was the king of rock, so to speak, but it, his was much more upbeat, more this, aggressive for that time right. period, and the Beatles was more like, all right, let's take what Elvis is doing, turn it down a notch, but not just down like, let's be more cohesive. Because Elvis was considered much more raw and kind of just, like, still very bluesy as regards to that. And the Beatles took it and refined And that's
3: almost why I want to say that it's borderline could have been pop if pop was a thing. Um, Right. And the fact that the Beatles were womanizers and everything, and literally everywhere they went, Mm -hmm. you know, had crowds and crowds and crowds of people.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean... Right. I don't know. So it, the thing that that I struggle with is pop is probably the least rebellious genre. There's not really like, bro, I listen to pop, bro. Mad at me, bro. <laughs> like, no, right. it's, it's like, oh, I listen to pop, like everybody else. So when the Beatles were popular, it was rebellious popular because the girl, everybody was like, oh, my God, that's the devil's music. Like back then they were like, this is right. like demonic stuff that we're hearing because I've never heard anything like it before. And that's why I have a hard time associating with Pop at the time because if you looked at the sixties, Pop was still very much a James Dean, Frank Sinatra, that group. Right. So that's where I struggle with it, but I understand where you're coming from and I have no problem with this being in the countdown because if you trans if you take the take the sound of it and put it today then yes, it's very similar to what we call pop today. Right. Well, the
3: Beatles shaped a lot of music. Oh, absolutely. For future generations, not even just because of their music, but because of how it's recorded. Sure. And the ideas and philosophy behind it. And a fun fact for those who don't know, most major studios are still utilizing the same exact things. And not just like... Literally, like, the you buy the same line or version. It's literally the same console, the same compressors that the Beatles and these other bands from the 60s and 70s used. Right. In the studio. They're very sought after. And that's what most of these major artists, because they have more money, Mm -hmm. are able to buy that equipment that these guys use or record even in the same studios that these guys record in. And... That that they recorded in the '60s, and that's why, you know, they they press they set in stone what would be for future generations, even currently. Mm-hmm. You know, how I many how long is that? That's like sixty something, seventy years later.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, we're not that long. We're not in 2020 yet. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're only a yeah, couple months from 2020. Yeah. Well, 2020s. I don't know. 2020s. Yeah. I don't know how we're gonna but, say it. But you know, yeah, what I, mean. I get what you're saying. Um, conspiracy theory time, because this has to do with the Beatles. One of one of the and I, me and a couple of my friends always love to look at these just outrageous conspiracy th- conspiracy theories. And us millennials, as a group of people, love conspiracy theories and we believe all of them. Not me personally, but man, I go through my Facebook feed and I see some stupid stuff. I digress. One of the biggest conspiracy theories on the lists that we found was Paul McCartney's been dead for a while. And yes, it's just, and it's just a, a another guy, and they um, just do like like uh, like voiceovers or whatever. I is. read about that, and
3: I don't know because back then they didn't have like what we have now, where we can replicate people's voices mm-hmm, easier mm-hmm. with autotune and Melodyne and stuff like that, and other programs that right. you're able to do that vocoders. They didn't have that. So, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to find a perfect match to his voice or someone right. who is really good at it. It is interesting is at how
2: healthy he is and how long he's lived and how he's still doing all these things. And You, you never know. They could you're be right. doing it for money, too. Right. I
3: mean, there could be the record labels like, let's do some shady shit. But the thing is, we don't know. No. And they could do it to milk money or their it's like a family
2: scenario, you know, the whole thing with her and how right. she supposedly killed herself years ago and they found a double and all this stuff or whatever. Right. Um, you can go down rabbit holes upon rabbit holes. Even Elvis, people, today he'd oh, be like 90 yeah. something years old, but um, people thought there's no way he actually died. Paul
3: Walker, they didn't think Paul Walker actually died.
2: That's a little weird. I don't know. Maybe that's
3: the same thing though. I've heard that I mean, one too. The
2: They're like, look at the crash pictures, yada, yada. But I don't, I don't, why would they fake Paul why, Walker? Why would they fake, So know? I could understand Elvis because he was so controversial that they wanted to, like, witness protection maybe or something crazy. Right. Um, Paul but Walker the Beatles was, didn't have that problem. No, but did Paul McCartney, because you got to remember, after they split, Paul McCartney went in a whole different direction with his music. It was much more, um... Uh, again, soft. no other way. So, like, my one of my favorite songs of his is the "Live and Let Die" uh theme for James oh, Bond. Yeah. It is not very Beatlesy. It's very, it's ballady, but it's got a it's got angst to it, and that's what I really like. I like about Paul McCartney and John Lennon was more "Imagine." You know, all the pe-, you know, it's like really mm-hmm. like soft and almost kind of like hippie type of music. And well, they killed him. Someone killed him, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, sorry I went off on a tangent there, but I always find conspiracy conspiracy theories extra interesting. So my number six is Maroon 5, This Love. This
0: love has taken its toll.
2: So I got to stand up for my boy Adam Levine here. For one, he's making us Jewish guys look real good. He's a handsome dude. A lot of girls love him. That's usually not the status quo for Jewish men that are in their 30s. Um, So that's my first uh, thought on that. But other than that, this song is so old. I didn't realize how old it was until I did my research on it. It was like when when I was in middle school, so like 03, 04, 05, something like that, and like I didn't realize how long Maroon Five has truly been around. And they're kind of the Adam Levine show these days. It's really not when they were around when this song came out. It was a band. I rewatched the music video, and they're very band centric as far as even the camera just giving everybody their their proper spot. And now with like moves like Jagger or any of these other songs that they do that are super popular, it's literally just electronics behind Adam Levine. And I'm sure the guys in Maroon 5 don't mind. They're getting a nice paycheck for just being session musicians, essentially, at this point. Um, But the reason why I picked this one is because when Maroon 5 started, there's this one, there's a couple other ones that they did, like, early on that were like, okay, this is, like, a legit pop band rather than just some kind of guy, you know, figurehead, which I believe it is now. So... I had to be careful with Maroon 5 cuz the name comes with a the stigma these days. Um but I really did like the song when it came out and I really do now cuz honestly it doesn't get much radio play considering all the new stuff gets a lot of radio play. So that's why I picked uh Maroon 5 for that. I don't know if you like Maroon 5, you don't uh, like I'm not
3: a big fan, but you get
2: it. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like the meme. Uh so they, they were at the Super Bowl last year. I don't know if you saw the meme where he's got his shirt off. Yeah. He's got all these crazy tattoos and his and his got this gold necklace flailing. So he looks like a metal front man. Right. And the caption says Let's get this motherfucking pit started. This song is called Will She Be Loved? <laughs> it's yeah. like fucking hilarious. Funny. 'Cause he because does, he doesn't look the part but he he's softy. So What are we on? Number five.
3: Number five for me is going to be MGMT Electric Feel. I've always liked this song in high school. I don't really know much about the band or anything, although I think I did research a while back, and I was very surprised to see their list of um, instruments they use. Yep. They're um, considered
2: indie rock, except for this song is very poppy. But yeah, indie pop. Not. I'd call yeah. them indie pop, sure. indie
3: rock, whatever. Sure. Um, but they're very, very popular for being in the genre that they're in, especially whatever the it is, yeah. it, especially this song, right? Um, but I was very interested to see the instruments they use, which is, again, a lot of the stuff that I'm into, mm-hmm. um, boutique kind of synths and whatnot. So um, yeah. But it's just definitely, I mean, this is a good-feeling song. That every time I hear it, I'm like, Yeah, Hi. if you're having a bad
2: day, play it. You at least get a smile on your face. Uh, I was telling Ian off Mike, but this song is very nostalgic for me because this was my freshman year of college. And uh, I would always party at this ca- house off campus, uh, actually managed uh, one of the groups uh, of one of the guys that lived there. Shout out Nick Pesednik. shout out Johnny Vozar. That whole group. It's called the Monster House because we had a big monster banner. Uh, don't believe a Kyle lived there. So <laughs> and all before, the drywalls were oh, intact. Yeah, they, they, uh, I, for my recollection, yeah. But uh, no. So every time we would go over there, um, I'd go over there around seven, eight o'clock. The party really didn't get started till ten, eleven, and when we knew people were starting to come in. That was the first song. I would I would DJ. I would use that in quotes. It, it, I didn't really DJ. I brought a computer with a with an aux cord into their system, and I just kind of played YouTube videos. But that was the first song. That was our ritual when we started partying. That was the song that came on. So that I'm not much of a drinker, but when that song comes on, I'm like, all right, it's time to party. So. Um, I would have had that closer to my number one if it was my list. Just I just love that song. not even on your
3: list, though, is it? It isn't,
2: because I really didn't, you're seeing with my list, I didn't really think of MGMT to, to be uh, with the rest of what I've got. But uh, I love, love that track. So good pick there for sure. Uh, my number five is Fallout Boy, Sugar We're Going oh. Down. Some people might get on me for this because, not because it's Fall Out Boy, but because they might consider it pop punk, which is a completely separate genre than pop. I want to be very clear. I thought this was as close to being pop as a pop punk song could be, so I did feel the need to add it. And to be clear, it's on the radio on the time, and to be clear, this is the only Fall Out Boy song I like, like literally the only one. All these other songs that have come out since then, because this was really their first big hit. I just have not vibed with them, but I'm I'm a big fan of this track for whatever reason. It's very catchy. It's got a really nice hook that 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 you know comes in with those muted guitars. We're going down, you know. So it's like I don't know. It's it's gets you a little bit pumped here and there, at least for me. Um, you're laughing at me, but I, I like shout that.
3: out Hot Topic. Buy one band tea, get one half off.
2: I wasn't just there. <laughs> don't don't say I wasn't just there. Or Spencer's. No, he didn't see me there.
3: <laughs> shout out to <the> alternation <laughs> oh my god
2: burn down hot topic remember the uh, south park <laughs> episode with the yeah. vampires i'm gonna burn down this,
3: this band shout out scene girls coontails uh i don't know if scene girls like really? oh my god this was their this was their doesn't really match banner the fucking band when you when you see a scene girl and they're like you're like, what do you? Li- oh, I really love Fall Out Boy <laughs> or Dance Gavin Dance. Well, see, or... no, I see
2: Dance Gavin Dance in that category, but I hate Dance Gavin Dance. I don't see what's, Fall a, Out what's Boy. a couple other bands, man. They're so just... I see like Attack Attack being seen. Well, yeah, or underrated. Dude, Dude
3: Fall Out. If you if you're telling me Fall Out Boy is not a scene band, I don't think they're heavy enough to be seen. It I think you matter. have to have a little bit of that. Okay, so so you know how like back on the scene day, right? All the dudes or. Generally, and generally by the
2: way, when cute. we say "scene," we we mean what a lot of people refer to as emo, uh, that's or the
3: fourteen-year-old girl that asked me down in North Carolina at the roller rink. She asked me, "Hey, are you one of those emus?" Oh my god! My <laughs> this is this is this year. She asked me, "Hey, are you?" Asked me and my girlfriend, "Hey, are you are you guys some of those emus?" So oh then my. we had to explain to her. Sit down Ema young was, and Because She's like, "Oh, do you, guys, do you cut yourselves?" And it's like Oh my god. Oh, she, she really said down, that? Oh. This 14 my god. I swear to god, this 14-year-old girl with this roller rank in in uh Charlotte, uh-huh. North Carolina, where or wherever. Yikes. It's a true story. Wow. Do, and do it, you guys it, cut it just yourself? I I I've never been more
2: distraught.
0: All right, <laughs> in, so now now that I'm way, thinking
2: about it, I get it because I'm thinking of other scene bands, and there's one scene band that's very similar to Fall Out Boy, and that's My Chemical Romance. And that so, is the, come on, man. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I yeah. see I see. I know it. I'm right. I, I, I was it. there. I was there. <laughs> yeah. I was at Hot Topic, man. Yeah. I, I was, was too, except I wasn't getting scene shirts. I know, was getting Slipknot shirts. I hung,
3: but, out, but, you know. I hung out with the kids in high school that were wearing armbands and calling the office every day because we wore too much and we had to repent for our sins.
2: Wow. <laughs> Hey, and you can. We were those kids. You can cross-reference this with any of my friends. Eighth grade. Actually, no, this is more like seventh grade. I painted my fingernails black. Yeah. I had jumpsuit pants oh, black. Oh, man. I had a slipknot shirt. <laughs> I actually had green hairspray, and I had longer hair back then, <laughs> and I would spike all my hair and put this nasty. I was like people thought i Can we, can I we I
3: ask would, your dad? Does your dad listen
2: to this? No. Well, he actually likes Fall Out Boy, so I'm wrong. He does like Fallout, Boy, but I think he likes newer Fallout Boy. Oh, well, ee. yikes! Yeah. I don't know. You, yeah, you can ask. It, yikes! Him, but yeah, my parents know well or very well aware of my my goth phase, and there was uh, was it goth or was it emo? It, well, because there's difference. There is, and actually, I don't know if it was either because there are goth people that are that will be offended that I call it goth because goth is very. It's not we about wear heavy music, and trip pants but it's not and about heavy music. It's about like it's hey, a lifestyle. I lis- yeah, exactly. I listen to more like new wave, like the Cure, as we mentioned. That's a gothic type of thing. Scene
3: and emo is definitely, but I more wouldn't consider music. it
2: scene either because I was listening to Killswitch Engage and Slipknot. So and- was I, and but- so
3: were a lot of well, most well, maybe we're just different, but yeah, I guess most emo scene kids were it was. Fallout Boy, my and Taking Chemical Back Romance, Sunday, Taking Back Thursday, Sunday, yeah, whatever, all that yeah, stuff, whatever, yeah, right.
2: Bless the Fall. No, I don't know, no, Bless the Fall's a little heavier than the other ones, we but, just it, but
3: it, and it kind of falls in that same category, or Escape it, the Fate. It's like saying, Hey, I like the stir, but I also like Nickelback.
2: Well, I mean, some people <laughs> combine both of those into Butt Rock, so you can, do
3: you, but do you see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because there's a major difference. Yeah, because Disturbed has a, he- like, you're not going to be like, dude, mosh pit at Nickelback Show. But you could see a mosh pit at Disturbed and, Show, which I had. And, and
3: most people that would not know and don't know the music would say that Bless the Fall, something like Bless Fall, Attack Attack, would be in the same relevant category sure. as what we're talking about.
2: You're right. Again. <laughs> Ian's enjoying me saying that apparently yeah so. I, I'm setting you up yeah uh, we're, we're, I have a feeling because next week is metal we're gonna have we're gonna have like a three hour podcast but I digress uh where are we at are we on you're on yours number four
3: yeah uh and my number four is gonna be girl like you by Tora Y. moi i don't know how you say that but
0: whats it gonna take for
3: This song um, is very retro synth wavy. Yeah. And I love synth-wave. Um, but he, the, I think what makes it more poppy is the way the guy presents the vocals. Mm-hmm. And actually, his other songs are a lot more poppy in this. This is just a very... Because I'm like, damn, I really like the song. I'm going to listen to more of the artists. And uh, everything else is really poppy, very ballady. And this is the one song he has like this. Sure. And um, I just really love that synth wave, retro wave, those old school sounding mm-hmm. synths, and then the way that he presents his vocals on this, and with that weird little synth uh noise. Yeah. Where you like, 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 like does the pitch yeah. does the pitch, pitch knob wheel, right. pitch wheel right? And I it's just very unique, different. Um. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and what I like about it, what I, first thing I noticed was that bass walk. It's got that yeah. funky bass walk, yeah, which is which is weird. Yeah, I, I like it. It's only in the hook because I noticed once he went back to the verse, it wasn't Very there anymore. But it it, right. it it kind of enunciates. Okay, this is the hook, and it's just a real nice groovy. You can't. It's it's one of the songs you can't help but to head bop head head bop to it. You know, right? Like I say head bang. You're gonna head bop to pop. Yeah. <laughs> head bang, man. Yeah, we're yeah. Out, yeah. out here. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so no, I, I like it a lot This is one of my more favorites on, on your picks um, Alright, get out my list here My number four is JT Justin Timberlake Suit and Tie Tonight
0: And, and. as long as I got my suit and tie I'ma leave it all on the floor tonight And it got fixed up too tonight Let me show you a few things All dressed up in black and white so
2: so jazzy right like that instrumental is just that nice kick snare and that's that real authentic just that paper snare that you know um i love it i love it and jt is awesome uh, I was just saying, it's some. I don't know, I know anybody truly who doesn't like Justin Timberlake, just because he always, he makes something for everybody. Like, I've noticed in his body of work, if you like more, like, of his in sync style, Crimey Rivers right there, if you like more of his new stuff, Suit and Tie, or um, shit. I like the, the work he, he did a lot with Timberland. Yes, yes, I'm bringing I some actually really back.
3: like Justin Timberlake a
2: lot. Mm-hmm personally yeah I think everybody does to a certain extent it's not he's not yeah. somebody and he's a good dude and he's like just yeah like all around There's not
3: much bad to say about him no and the work like I said the work I think that he did with Timbaland Timbaland's a great producer mm-hmm. and I think um really good vocalist sure and with him and Justin Turberlake was just such a weird mashup
2: but it worked so, so well. well especially for that era which was really that club right sound, and yeah it really popped off and i like like i said i like this song because it's that instrumental is not what you hear in pop and this song came out before the mark ronson bruno mars uh era you know what i'm talking about yeah What's that big song that everybody likes um, um fuck Can't something remember. about
3: going downtown or something yeah no yeah it's uh <laughs>
2: God, it's escaping remember. me right now. But that song is similar as far as it's like a big band or whatever type of sound. He probably ripped off JT. He Probably did. I mean, he might owe JT a sandwich or something because it's, uh, you know, it's it's really cool to see a pop artist go into the studio and the, not say, "Hey, all right, producer, I want your basic, you know, super." synthetic sound all right yeah he probably had session musicians that made made the he does the instrumentals for that he so. actually does do that sure right so okay so that was my number four we're into the top three now
3: uh my number three is going to be post malone zach and Cody. i sound no no no
0: around over my with my i like song like i'm evil don't mean nothing without all my people. When I step on stage to the sky, every little thing I do, they dancing on table she had
3: So I've always liked Post Malone, I think he's always stayed very consistent with us. Oh, that's definitely correct. With, yeah. yeah, with the stuff he's made, which is very rare to see, mm-hmm. um, and I just like his flow, man. Like, he's got kind of that old school country uh, influence, but makes sure. it w- makes it into like rap, and just uses different instruments. Um, well, I wouldn't say. That he has, like, a different sound with the instruments that he makes than normal rap to make it more poppy sound. Yes,
2: yes. Well, uh, and his vo- he can sing. I'm not going to sit here right. and say he's an amazing singer, but he can definitely hold his own to the point of being pop.
3: Well, yeah, and I think that he just has a very different, unique sound that no yep. one else can touch and no one else has done. And the fact that he stays consistent with the tracks that he makes mm-hmm. is also very interesting, um, because you don't really see that. The only thing that gets better with his albums is the quality of the sound.
2: Sure, well, more money, more better quality. But yeah,
3: right, more resources. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I didn't put, I would not put this in my rap playlist, and I wouldn't expect
2: you to. Right, I wouldn't. So, Honestly, there's, there's really not a whole lot. I mean, he has occasional rap-ish songs, but for the most part, he's a poppy rap kind of right, commercial-ish. So, Guy, and so I yeah, think,
3: I think everybody would probably agree with yeah, that.
2: yeah. And uh fun fact, I'm sure you know this. If you don't, though, he tried out for a guitar with uh, um, Crown of the Empire.
3: I actually did not know that. So there
2: you go. He because uh, he was, I believe, he was born and raised in Texas, and that's where Crown of the Empire is from. And he went and tried out for them. They didn't accept him. Um, but if you also look on YouTube, which you'll love this. You type in Post Malone metal band. He was in a uh, Asking Alexandria cover band way back when they did up stand up and either. scream. Yeah, and he was a, a guitarist. I, he might have been. No, he wasn't a singer. He was a guitar, and they, they have him, and they're doing they're crab corn the fuck out of each other. Oh, really? Um, oh yeah, it's hilarious. So you have to, have do to that look that up. It's pretty funny. He's got a lot of metal roots. He still loves heavy metal. Um, I knew he liked metal, but right. I did not know the other
3: stuff. Yeah, and I knew he had metal roots. Right, but I didn't know exactly what the roots were but now that i know that's even funnier yeah
2: it's pretty cool so that just gives me more like i guess a respect for him right um warranted or not but uh all right so that was your number three my number three is demi lovato sorry not sorry So Demi Lovato is marriage material. Like if you don't know anything about her, <laughs> I, think is, what, I, th- I think your whole playlist is what chicks. I think your whole playlist is revolved around this. No, it hasn't. But no, so she and I say this for a few reasons. And sorry, not sorry to my wife for for saying that, but she doesn't care. Um, Demi Lovato, number one that I always think of. The first thing I think of when I think of her is they did an interview on the red carpet at some award show. And they were asking her, so you know, growing up, what concerts did you go to? What were some of your first concerts? She was like, "To be, if you want me to be completely honest with you, uh, my first, co- I really liked metal growing up. And you don't think Demi Lovato's a metalhead, right? She's just the music she makes has there's no metal influence or anything like that. She's just pop as it can be." So the guy goes, "Oh, really? So like who?" And I'm thinking, you know, watching this interview, Metallica. I'm, yeah, right. The the <laughs> the the the, nor- the standard answer is Metallica or uh, hell Nickelback if they want to be really <laughs> ignorant. Um, no, she goes. So yeah, I used to go see Jim Borgia, Job for a Cowboy, as like dying all this. She's like naming like like real street cred metal bands. She's like, yeah, I used to go in the pit. Some dude tra- crowd surfed me once and whatever, and, and like holy shit she knows her stuff like she really knew her shit um, so I was like damn okay Demi Lovato's got really good taste in music and actually she posted on Instagram a few weeks ago she was listening to uh, I don't know if it was not or so it was somebody who, with a new release and she was screaming along to the to the track in her car I'm like Demi dude you can't you gotta stop because you're just killing me right now um, so I, I, I loved that and I know she's had her issues with sobriety and stuff so she gets a lot of respect for me for that because she's overcome multiple times um her voice is amazing um uh, some of her stuff i'm not a huge fan of but for whatever reason this song some really nice 808s and that you have to admit yeah
3: it is but
2: i personally
3: feel like her voice does not go with it at all and then the weird back track of the the girl singing in the back sure uh whatever i can't think of the word specific word for it, but I don't know, I honestly, every time I hear this song on the radio, <laughs> I cannot switch it fast enough, <laughs> like I almost break my finger, oh my gosh, hitting the the radio switch button, because I'm like, I gotta get this song the hell out of there, and they play it every fucking 10 they minutes. They do,
2: well I don't know if they do anymore.
3: I th- yeah, well and Kiss yeah. FM man they play the songs. Yeah. From, True. But yeah. anyway I don't personally like it. I did not know that stuff about Demi. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I I some of our other music I think i've heard a couple of our tracks that I, i'm like okay this isn't half bad i'll keep it on the radio station for this sure but this song specifically irks <laughs> the hell out
2: of me so you're getting multiple perspectives here someone who really likes it and someone who really does it But that's why we do this because you might agree with me you might agree with ian Who knows? so you might be in the middle you might be think this is all right like oh these guys are crazy <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> which is probably not far from the truth no definitely not especially this episode um so all right what do you got for number two
3: um number two for me is gonna be by juice world all girls are the same my heart oh no she didn't ooh, ooh. <laughs> shade yeah um dude i honestly really honestly personally resonate with this song um just because of, like what he's talking about man i mean damn you know we've all been there we've
2: all been there yes and
3: i even know girls who listen to this song cuz they know okay. they know oh they're
2: they're the perpetrators
3: this they is like know. their anthem
2: they yeah right yeah,
3: exactly they know what they they know what they out here doing mm-hmm. but um no I I really love Juice World I mean his tracks and just basically almost everything he's done to me has been fucking amazing sure and he teeters on the line of pop rap you know kind of like Post Malone and we, we talked about how Post Malone and Juice World are kind of a lot alike mm-hmm. um in retrospect on how they structure and the way that their stuff is kind of sure. made, I think, is what makes them sound alike. Yeah. But both of them are just really phenomenal, and Juice World's flow is just so chill and relaxing and relatable. Um, yeah. I, th- I think, for me, that's what why I gravitate towards him as an artist. Yeah. And honestly,
2: I didn't know much about him until... We started this podcast because I have a song. It's Ellie Goulding, and I did, I just kind of assumed it's just some feature in there, and he was in it. No, he's and a huge like, hey, artist. No, this now. is legit, and I yeah. and in, with this song, it's very similar uh, type of enjoyment. I like, uh, it, like you said, very similar to post Malone. It's Pleasant surprise, and, right? Yeah, right. So, um, no, I don't have anything bad to say about this at all. It's a nice track. It's yeah. nice, chill, low rider, all and all drivers are the you Put your chair back in the car, and <laughs> you know, yeah, and it'll piss off people, which is always. Good in my book.
3: Well, so. yeah, I'm not really looking to piss anybody off. Only oh, the, the, the girls, the girls will get triggered. When this song came out, man, I was going through some shit, and like sure. I was like, "Damn, dude, I feel this song." Right so how now. new is he? Is
2: he like a year? I old? would
3: say the last two years, two, three, okay. years. Post Malone was definitely along before him. Sure. I think he kind of got a lot of his flow and ideas, inspiration, I guess, is what I would say. Which is nothing. Probably wrong with from that. Post Malone. Yeah.
2: A lot of people be like, man, he sounds just like him. It's, inspiration should never be ashamed of. Now, if you're straight up copying somebody, it, that's that's a difference. And actually,
3: when I first heard Juice WRLD, I thought it was Post Malone. Right. But being a producer myself, I kind of heard the subtle differences and the way that the articulation in the yeah. words is different. And I'm like, wait a minute. This sounds ex- like Post Malone, but it isn't him. Who is this? I need to hear more.
2: Sure. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. Never be afraid to like use your inspirations to develop your sound. Again, as long as you're not straight up. But he definitely has he his, his own now. Yeah, and I can definitely
3: fully tell the difference between the two.
2: Sure, and that's good. And I'm, hopefully others will do the same. You know, right? So, okay, uh, my number two is Katy Perry. E T.
0: A touch of
2: so there's a couple of reasons why I really like this song. First off, it came out in 2010, I believe. Um, I actually discovered it on hotnewhiphop.com, which makes zero sense. Yeah, right. <laughs> Exactly, but I, I just love I I am I've always been a big Katy Perry fan. There's a couple songs I can't stand of hers, like that Fireworks song. Holy crap, just choke me! But um, you don't you never feel like a paper bag in the wind. <laughs> oh my god, it's so bad. Some of her songs. Okay, so like I will say right now, since we're on the subject of pop, my least favorite pop artist of all time is Pink. I cannot stand really. That. Oh, she just gives me like this this. I don't know, you know, like, I'm not, I'm going to piss someone off just saying this because it's so politically incorrect, but, you know, certain feminists that, like, make, they make it known that they're feminists, like, you have to know that, like, girls are the only people on this world, and we, you know, yada, 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 and she guys that angst, you know, she's like, whatever, I just don't like Pink, and her music is so cheesy, like, it's extremely cheesy, so, like, Firework by Katy Perry is extremely cheesy, but E.T., isn't there's like a lot of really kind of dark sound design in it and it's comes from that same era that that when the club era was sort of dying and trap was coming in so it's got this nice infusion of both and something that from a vocalist standpoint which you'll laugh because you don't like the 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 person that i'm going to compare her to but what she does with her her diaphragm and making her vocals push outwards is something that no one else does in pop um and she's doing it very much like benjamin burnley from breaking benjamin he has that very deep, but it's like, uh, it's coming from. It's not coming from the mouth. It's coming from the chest, and then she's doing that in the chorus there. Firefly. <laughs> 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 oh God, no! So I I, 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 like. I really like this track, and I know Katy Perry comes with her own stigma. Firefly, it is. firework, firework, fire. Is there fire. is there correlation? Maybe everybody Da-na-na-na. in pop music are just pyros. And that's all you want to write about is fire.
3: Is Breaking Benjamin pop?
2: No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You uh, triggered the hell out of me because I would have put him on here because I fucking love Breaking Benjamin. I Breaking Benjamin disturbed the Nickelback, all in the same category. See, okay, we, we got to get to this now before we move on to the number ones because, all right, I understand. No one understands how awful butt rock is like I do or as Finn McKinty puts it, Red State Butt Rock, which is even a better name for it. <laughs> um, but I don't think breaking Benjamin is in that category for a few reasons. One, their actual, if you look at whether it's the tabs or the drum patterns or the way the songs are composed, there's like legit serious musicianship in a lot of their music. So let me, let me ask you a question okay. before we go on. Sure.
3: Would you on Spotify? Mm hmm find a playlist mm-hmm. right this could load like the spotify home playlist sure. and you were looked up i don't know what's the equivalent of butt rock they call it butt rock
2: hard rock but, but hard rock hard rock would, is such a would, giant umbrella
3: wooden nickelback disturbed breaking benjamin chevelle you know stuff
2: yes yes but you know you know where i'm going with this yes but it doesn't mean it's Correct. So, five like, finger death punch, god
3: smack, all of that would be in the. What same- What
2: what determines butt rock as the stigmatic genre? It is is the people that listen to it, and they're very much the. And I'm being very general here because I listen to some of it, but they're very much the blue-collar, some of the, the MAGA people. They love the patriotic, especially Five Finger Death Punch. Don't get me started on those <laughs> yeah, fans. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't and I don't mind Five Finger. I actually like The Bleeding, one of their old songs, really, really fucking good. Uh, they have a couple of, uh, of gems in the pile of shit that the rest of their collection is. And Ivan Moody is uh, super legit because he was a uh, vocalist of Motor Grader before he was in Five Finger, and that band is hella good. Um, was. So, yes, Breaking Benjamin is in that category of butt rock with some of those others. If you're looking at it from a, okay, what's the butt rock equivalent? It's hard rock. But you have to, you can say this about any subgenre. There's going to be a group or groups in a certain subgenre that transcend it. Uh, I can I can agree. So, and that's how I feel about them. But it's
3: pushing it. See, that's what I'm saying. It's pushing it. I'm talking about like. Generalization. See, okay, so here's here's
2: here's the difference between Breaking Benjamin and Nickelback. Okay, or even Disturbed. Nickelback's good. It. No, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, okay, even Disturbed because Nickel, like we talked about with heaviness. So, if you look at Disturbed and you look at Breaking Benjamin, the te- song templates are completely different. Okay, um, Breaking Benjamin uses a lot more screaming, especially in their newer stuff, than, yeah. than Disturbed does. Um, and, Ooh, ah, ah, yeah, ah. right. Ooh, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've always had an affinity for them. Plus, their drum- Reg Benjamin's original, not original drummer, I guess their second drummer, but he was kind of their original drummer. He's from Elyria, Ohio. So there's a lot of connections. For I know people that know him, and Chad Zalega is his name. Amazing drummer. They have really good musicianship, and I think that's what's missing in a lot of these other butt rock bands, is there's not really good musicianship. I can play every Godsmack song on guitar in like five minutes. I love Godsmack. I think Sully's voice is amazing, but it's so simple, you know.
3: They use the money making formula, man. That's
2: right. But there's, you know, I don't. I think Breaking Benjamin has that nice balance of money making formula and also being good musicians. Yeah. So that's my only quarrel with putting them in that category. But I would agree. Yes, they'd be in the same playlist. My point being way back to what we were talking about was Katy Perry uses a lot of the same vocal techniques as Benjamin Burnley, who I think is one of my favorite vocalists. If we like we talked about if we did a list like that, I think he'd be my number one. I love Damn. I really do. I think his he he has a it's it's a hard rock voice, but he's so much more unique than any other hard rock voice and when you hear his voice and i might be a little bit biased because i've been a fan of them since day one but when you hear his voice you instantly know that's breaking benjamin my wife
0: Firefly, yeah
2: (laughs) my wife my wife does not listen to rock at all and i listen to a lot of it in the car and she'll know right away if it's breaking benjamin song she actually likes them and she'll know you know, whether it's – she can discern Breaking Benjamin from Chevelle. A lot of, lot of people can do that because they're, they're somewhat similar in Three Days Grace, and you can go down that whole pile. But Katy Perry uses really good vocals for the song, and uh, that's why I picked it as my number two, and I will stand her all day. So um, even though after seeing her on American Idol for a few years, because unfortunately I have to watch that sometimes, uh, she's a little bit obnoxious in person. But she's got some nice titties, you know. You ever see that picture of Ellen DeGeneres looking at him? So Ellen no. DeGeneres, has, yeah, you never seen that. So she was at an award show, and you know El- Ellen's a lesbian, and Ellen's got this gorgeous model as a as a, a wife or whatever partner, and she's next to her, and they're. Like, you see the model. She's, like, six foot, and she's got her arm around her. But then Ellen's looking right down. Katie's got this, like, tight-ass uh, dress on. Her tits are just sticking out. She's just like, oh, my God. Like, it's the greatest. If you just type in Ellen DeGeneres, Katie Perry on Google Images, you'll see it. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's so, funny. I'll just look that up. Yeah, you'll have to. Um, okay, down to number one. What's your number one? Prince. I would die for you.
3: So Prince is one of those I mean I mean what is there really to say? I mean he was a prodigy musical genius and gone way too soon. Um this song specifically is probably my favorite song. I really like that slap back echo. Mm-hmm. If you listen real close you'll hear it. Right. And um just the hi hats, I mean, like back then you didn't use hi hats like that. No. And still even this to this day, people don't really use them like that. I love the hi hat sound. I love the musical composition of this specific song. Yep. And his uh, vocal range. Yep. The, the, all the tools used on it were used perfectly. He's just really a musical
2: genius. Yeah, he's, he's very revolutionary. A phenomenal musician, a guitarist especially. I I thought when I listened to Prince the first time, I was like, oh, this should be easy to play a guitar, and I go and look at the tabs, and I'm like, nope, not even gonna try, because the things he did were just uh, next level. And he right. has one of my had one of my favorite g- guitars ever, that purple one. That's uh, yeah, it's got his symbol on it, which he used to be known as.
3: Yeah, he's such a weird, but interesting. He- person on top of that yes on top of the fact he's a musical genius and i really think that's what makes musical genius is not just the music they make because really and when you think about it your art is a direct reflection of you Mm -hmm. right and the more interesting and out there you are and criticized by people around you and whatnot you tend to have more interesting music sure and Probably because a direct correlation between your personality Absolutely. and the music that It's you just make. a
2: reflection of, of who you are. Right. So. And
3: that's why I think what really made his shit next level, man, because just the fact that he was just so out there and weird and different. And what's
2: really interesting is you get guys that are kind of out there, weird and different, like David Bowie. Oh, he was and great, they're, too. And they're kind of more of an introvert, you know? But Prince was out there and weird and goofy, but he was not an introvert. Gemini. Dude, yeah, God, here we go with the fucking horoscope. Anyways, um, no, but he was ladies' man. Like, dude was like, yeah, just, just flowing in it.
1: You, you
3: know? just, I mean, yeah, everything from what he wore to how he acted to the music he made, his stage presence, literally everything. That's why people always ask me, "Well, do you like Michael Jackson?" I'm like, no, because I like Prince.
2: Yeah, to and be I honest, don't, I don't like Michael Jackson because he's a pedophile. But well, even beyond you
3: know. that, yeah, sure. Yeah, Michael Jackson, I've never, even before any of that, I've never even growing up liked him. I've always, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's a stigma, I don't know. But- no,
2: it, so it's it's interesting that you say that because I've had some debates with people, um, especially in the African-American community. There's there's a, a, a weird um, type of like, I understand Michael Jackson was a really shitty human being, but I'm going to stick up for him anyways type of mentality. And right. I don't really get that, because people and I still love him to this day. Yes.
3: But even, like, what I'm saying is, even before any of that, I didn't, I never was like, I relate to his music. Sure. Because just, like, Prince, to me, was way next level than Michael Jackson, because yeah. he was, he wrote everything. Michael Jackson didn't no. write shit. No, no. Dude, but, like... Prince wrote everything was actually a damn good musician
2: absolutely I, I mean, mean that Super and, Bowl and his, I was we were lucky enough to be alive for that Super Bowl or be old right. enough for the Super Bowl and, performance and, and, that he did and it was And it was honestly so
3: what Michael Jackson was known for was Stage presence, dude. I think Prince's stage presence was ten times oh, and the way, way that he acted, better. dude. Oh, it's yeah. not even a fucking. That's no. why I don't understand. I'll never understand. It's it's as very under-
2: underrated. It. As if you if you were to very. compare him to to. I mean, Prince, yeah, he's huge, but way under- underrated yes.
3: compared to someone like Michael Jackson stuff because he was just next fucking level. Yep.
2: Well, at least he's in the Rock Hall and he's in the right place there. So.
1: Well,
3: Rock Halls. Fuck the Rock.
1: Hall.
2: Sure. <laughs> yeah. I. I don't want to say that on record because I hope i would be in there someday but I you don't know what even I mean. care <laughs> I'll tell them
3: I'll tell them yeah. the director I don't shit I've yeah. been there man
2: I know how their voting goes it's not exactly the most clean process but uh anyways I guess they're down to my number one here uh, we're, we're going pretty long on this podcast I'm not mad about it though my number one is I Write Sins Not Tragedies by Panic at the Disco I sign in
0: with the heavens you people ever heard of closing a goddamn door no much better to face these kinds of things with a sense of voice and rationality I shut in Haven't you people ever heard of closing a goddamn door? No, much better to face these kinds of things with a sense of Well, in fact, we'll all look at it this way I mean, technically, our marriage is saved Well, this calls for a toast, so
1: We've been talking
2: about a lot of things in this podcast because there is a lot that goes into pop music in regards to different layers and such. And one of the main things that we've discussed since it's so centric to pop music is vocals. And there are people out there that are once-in-a-generation talents in vocals of different genres. And I think Brandon Urius is, is that type. The, he There's nothing that he can't sing. Okay, he's he's got so much range and he's the type of person that when you listen to it, he, um, it's not forced at all. Like that's his voice. Like he's not doing anything to it to make it sound unique or different or more powerful or less powerful. That's just how he sings. Like it's so imperfectly perfect, you know? Um, and he's got, he, he's got so many different styles. I don't know if you follow him on, uh, I don't know if it's Snapchat or Instagram. He used to do called hard, hardcore Wednesdays or something where He's not metal at all, but he would like do some screaming, and it was like, "Holy crap, dude! Get in a metal band now!" Because he's he's got a lot going for him, um, and it's not just him. That band's really good. Um, that song came out in when I was in high school, and it's just a really it tells a really cool story. The music videos are awesome. Um, I don't know. I, I there's the, when I think of best pop songs, that's number one on my list because it's just so and it's timeless. That was made. Uh, probably 10, 15 years ago, and people still listen to it all the time today. So that's why I picked it. I think Brandon Urie's sick vocalist, and I think that song altogether is not a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, wow.
2: <laughs>
3: wow. Yep, I had to do that. I, I can agree with all that. Yeah, um, I'm not a big Panic! at Disco fan or big fan of this song, but I definitely could agree with that. I like him as a person, too um i think he's done stuff like dead mouse yep um mm-hmm. which i if i recall those tracks that he did with dead mouse it's been a while since i heard them but i really liked them mm-hmm. um which just goes to show um versatility. versatility right yeah versatility um and across different genres which is hard oh it's so hard um, to especially deal. something that's i mean electronic music and then What this is? Yeah, no, no,
2: no, no similarities at all. I mean, you've got plucking violins here, you know, and then you've got bigger beats with electronic. And so I can respect that. Sure. And he honestly has even the stuff he makes today, because I know he's in a bit of a hiatus, but they, it still is very. um,
3: It's it could be definitely still sound modern.
2: Yes, right. But he also hasn't conformed to 2019 either. He's still himself. So, and that's just something that I want to harp on is like, there are singers that. Like a Scott Stapp, for example, from Creed, who will just force everything is so forced, you know? It's like, I want to sound like this. But some singers like Brandon Urey will just sing and it'll just be who he is. He's not trying anything, he's like naturally singing. And that's just a gift that you cannot teach at all. So um, that's our list, guys. I hope you liked it. We're pretty different in the pop category and that's not a bad thing. I like when our when we have uh countdowns that are very versatile as as we say and very uh you know a, a big umbrella of what is pop as a genre. Um so next week I am looking forward to more than any other week on this maybe besides guilty pleasures because that's going to be a lot of fun. But next week is metal and this is where I get to shine, okay? Uh, I know Ian will shine, too, but Ian got to shine a lot in uh, country and in uh, hip-hop. And metal is my strength beyond strength. No, I'm not playing strength beyond strength on my my, uh, countdown. But, no, I will have a very eclectic group of of metal songs. It's going to take me a really long time to figure out my top ten because I I could make a top 100, like, tonight if I had to. Uh, I'd make one right now, too. Yeah. I mean, this is both of us
3: basically where we come from. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'd even say, to, like, out of all my favorite genres, even to this day, even though I make electronic sure. and I listen to so much rap and hip-hop metal and the specific songs in metal that will always be a part of me, um, it'll probably be my most listened to and favorite genre. Yep. Um, and there'll so. be no question.
2: There's, you know, we've had questions with pop and what's pop and all well this. There, there'll be no question. Metal's metal. You know, you can't fake it. No. So. Yeah, and it, whether it's gent, mm-hmm. um, deathcore, metalcore, a- anything, uh, new yeah. wave, British heavy metal, yeah. I mean, you can Metallica. go back, you can, yeah, <laughs> Metallica, guys. This oh, Slayer, bro. Yeah, number one, Enter Sandman, Metallica. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but and it really spans a lot. You could, you know, if 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 Ian came in and had Led Zeppelin on his metal countdown, I wouldn't be mad because. It's a right. very controversial thing, but Led Zeppelin could be considered metal. It was a gateway. Right. Or Black Sabbath. Or it was a gateway. I would, have, I would yeah. consider it to be a gateway. Exactly. A so, gateway drug. gateway drug. Metal is a drug. It's the best drug there is. So um, I'm super excited. That podcast will probably be up uh, soon just because I want to get to it. Um, and I know that when I make my top 10, I'll change it like 5,000 times before we hit the, hit the uh, podcast and whatever it's at is what it is. So... Um, I'll have to live with it, but uh, appreciate everybody listening to this. Uh, if you like pop music, you really like this, and uh, we got a couple weeks left. we got metal, we got classic rock, we've got guilty pleasures. I think that covers everything. I don't have the picture up right now that I made. Um, so, yeah, uh, appreciate you listening. If you could, please rate five stars. If you could subscribe, whether you're on Apple Music, whether you're on Spotify, whether you're on our actual website on Podbean, um, please, no matter what you do, subscribe, rate five stars, even put on the notification bell so that every time we come up with a new episode, which only is once a week, if that, you're notified if you're in the car, plug it into your aux cord, plug it in your Bluetooth, listen to it. They're not super long compared to some others that I've heard, especially like Joe Rogan's podcast and stuff, which I love. But uh yeah, uh, please do us a favor and do that so we can uh, get more popularity and Uh, Like I said last podcast, I'll keep repeating it. We're only doing this countdown for a few more weeks, and then we're back to doing some really sweet guests and some other cool uh, features that we've got for people. So um, keep that in mind. We're not doing a uh, countdown forever here. So um, as always, we're out.